Welcome to Wild and Weird. I'm Jenna. And I'm Audrey. Audrey, is this our 13th episode? It is, and I actually had to go through our episodes before this because I was so confused why my second episode was an odd number. Oh, because of the holiday? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think that 13 is my lucky number. So I'm excited for today because I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but 13 is supposed to be like a womanly number. And so it was like made a negative thing when patriarchal societies became popular because like women are supposed to have 13 cycles throughout the year, which is why it was like thought to be feminine. I did not know that. That's I didn't either. And then I learned it at one point and I was like, oh, I'm over 13 being a negative thing. Like we are here Mm -hmm. for 13. So fun facts. What's new in life? Um, I feel like I've been super busy recently. And that's basically what's new. I feel that. What about you? I'm still obsessed with my neighbor's puppy. Mm. and that's I mean that's pretty much it I think we're soulmates I think she's part mine if I ever move I'm gonna cry have her ears popped oh my gosh they're like half up it's so freaking cute I love when a puppy's ears are going up and they're like an up ear dog love it she's so sweet and her and my dog are getting along better now which I love oh good so I'm a big fan of that My dog will be nice to her so long as I stand in the door visibly watching her. She's like a child. Yeah, she needs supervision. Ugh. I'm partial to my floppy-eared pups. Oh. I love them. Yeah, I love floppy ears too. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't know that I had a German Shepherd on my hands until those went up. And it was such a surprise that now I'm obsessed. Audrey... I don't think that I know what you're covering. You don't. You never know what I'm covering. I know, but for half a second, I was like, are you doing a two-parter? But no. I don't know what's going on because you did Ponzi last time. Correct. I don't have a two-parter, so you haven't been waiting for a whole week or two weeks. When was the last time we recorded? I know. It's been a minute. Um, you haven't been waiting on a second part. I just got scared so what if we cover the same thing? I don't think that we would. Okay. I went Valentine's Day. I love you. I'm so far from Valentine's Day. So I knew that I'd be releasing on like the 8th. Yeah. I think it is. That is so cute. I forgot about Valentine's Day. So I looked into like Valentine's Day things and there's obviously St. Valentine when he died. There's the Valentine's Day massacre which was, like, gang-related. Yeah, but not cute. I found one that I didn't know was Valentine's adjacent. Oh, okay. And it's a story that I think you know, uh-huh. but hasn't been told in, like, the story-story way that I've heard it. Because it is the Halifax mass shooting plot, which was set to happen on Valentine's Day 2015. No way. I never would have guessed that. 
So I'm sure that you have heard this because we are both obsessed with the same podcast. Yeah. But I actually learned about this when Morbid did a collab with Jordan Bonaparte from the Nighttime Podcast. Mm -hmm. And he had a seven-part interview with one of the participants from this. That's Did you listen wild. to that? Okay, I didn't. I I think I listened to the Morbid episode, but not the longer interview piece. I haven't listened to the longer interview, but I did, like, I first heard about this from their collab, and then when I was looking it up, and it was like, oh, the Halifax murder plot, I was like, wait. So, I thought I'd look into that. Okay, I'm so curious. Okay, are you ready? I am. Take it away. The Halifax mass shooting plot was a plan created by 23-year-old Lindsay Savonarath from Illinois and two Canadians, 19-year-old James Gamble and 20-year-old Randall Shepard. Their plan was to commit a mass shooting at the Halifax Shopping Center between February 12th and February 14th, and ultimately the plan was to happen on February 14th, according to Lindsay. That is so weird. They're so young. Yeah, find better things to do, guys. So luckily, the perpetrators of this crime were unable to actually follow through with this massacre and were arrested before anything could happen. So I just love to that. start it off, it was a plot. In the end, only one person died. None of the general public died, and they didn't actually even make it to the mall. Okay. So the three Shepherd, Gamble, and Son of Wrath met online on a blog site, Tumblr. Did you ever have a Tumblr? Okay, I didn't, but I heard a lot about it. It was like a picture website, right? Yeah, it was like a blog type thing, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, I had a Tumblr. It was stupid. I never like created any posts because you could just repost things from other people. Yeah, I think I remember that, but your reposts were always like really cool. So it was like a blog type website where... Yeah. You could have a page, and you could have a whole bunch of posts on there, but none of them had to originally be yours. You could just repost them, and they would show up in your feed for your followers. That's what I would want. I never want to create a post. Same. Yeah. Um, You could also create things that could be shared by other people, and sometimes you could see these different posts because of hashtags or like a tag Mm -hmm. associated with your post. So you could either search the tag or click on the tag on a post and it would take you to a whole bunch of other posts related to that with the same tag. It was also not monitored super well, at least when I was on there. I personally wasn't looking for anything bad, but you could basically search just about anything and find something related to it. Yeah, there was some time where it was like the Wild West online. Yeah. And so I think it was new enough that it wasn't monitored super well and you could search things and the website didn't even like stop you from searching it. Now I'm pretty sure if you went on there and tried to search something inappropriate, it would tell you that. So it's kind of like Instagram where you could search something and see other people's posts, but unlike Instagram, you can repost those or continue with the tag and comment on all of those things. And then you can see the comments to other people. So, unfortunately, these three had an interest that wasn't fun and lighthearted, but instead their interests and obsessions were more with death and true crime. Hmm. Now, I know the irony. 
mm-hmm. of me sitting here <laughs> on a true crime podcast or true crime related podcast telling you this. And no, I don't think the interest of true crime or metal music or anything like that necessarily means you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's when you take those interests too far. And these three definitely did. Because they weren't just interested in true crime and death. They were also interested in Nazi things and obsessed with the Columbine shooting. Oh, gosh. Lovely people. Mm-hmm. No. So Gamble's Tumblr page had many pictures related to Columbine, Nazi imagery, um, as well as pictures of guns and pictures from World War II, which related to his other interests, I'm guessing, were not the best pictures from there. Oh, gosh. That now I totally see what you were saying about inappropriate posts and things. Yes. Like, yeah, this sounds super inappropriate. And Savannah Rath, on the other hand, her page was titled School Shooter Chic Violence is the Aesthetic. I've never heard of anything like that. No. She was like making school shootings and violence and things like that like cool and um aesthetic like something that almost seemed desirable which obviously is extremely disgusting and not desirable whatsoever in many of her posts she referenced mass murder and mayhem and even referenced mayhem in the month of february and had a post that said valentine's day it's going down which was reposted by gamble And it was assumed that this was related to their plans, as well as many other posts that they had, and many of them were anti-Semitic. They're just so gross. It also makes no sense because she was biracial. Yeah, and it just is, like, idealizing something that is, like, so horrific and terrible that I just, I can't quite, like, fathom it. It's just gross. I also can't fathom seeing those things and thinking, you know what? I want to follow this person and be friends. That's true. Because they, they must have had followers. Yeah. So Shepard, on the other hand, had posts that were related to death metal music and gore. He had, like, different sound bites from, like, death metal audio of, like, different bands and things. And he was friends with Gamble. Savannah and Gamble had never actually met in person but began an online relationship based on their interests that they shared. And they actually began dating. Mm. Never met each other, but began dating based on their extremely disgusting interests. They were obsessed with school shootings, specifically Columbine, and had many messages back and forth where they discussed this tragedy in an obsessive, glorified way, rather than discussing it as, like, the tragedy that it was. Um, And many of their plans for the Halifax plot actually paralleled the Columbine shooting. Did they choose Valentine's Day because it was, like, romantic for them to do that together? So they chose Valentine's Day because they originally were planning on February 1st, but flights were expensive. And so they instead chose Valentine's Day because they knew it had another layer to it. And they were planning to lose their virginity to each other the night before. Oh my gosh. I cannot handle any of this. No. I knew this was going to be bad, but it's all so much worse than I expected. Yeah. The pair looked at the two shooters of Columbine as like role models and even talked about how they felt they were the reincarnation of them. 
So obviously this pair is fully delusional. Yeah, monsters. Lindsay even sent Gamble a message stating, when Eric and Dylan both died, their mission on Earth wasn't really finished yet, so they had to take us over. This is so weird. In their messages, they even talked about the outfits they were planning on wearing, the guns that they were going to use, which Gamble was actually planning on taking from his parents, as well as bringing a duffel bag full of weapons, including sawed-off shotguns and knives, as well as Molotov cocktails. Their plan was to kill, quote, as many people as possible before ending their own lives. I just cannot. I can't process. All of this is so much to take in. It's obviously extremely disgusting, but when you look at their reasoning for it, it honestly makes no sense. And it was just like they were trying to come up with any reason to follow through with this. They claim that their reasoning for their choice of a mall was to, quote, protest against capitalism, consumerism, and greed. A mall also allowed them to find their, quote, ideal victims. For Gamble, this was a middle-aged Christian woman. And for Lindsay, this was anybody that was particularly dysgenic-looking because of her obsession with eugenics and Nazism. Audrey, I don't know what dysgenic means. Oh, it's like the opposite of, like, the eugenics. Because eugenics was related to the Nazi belief of, like... Like the blonde hair, blue eyes thing? Yes. Okay. Anyone dysgenic would be, like, biracial... So this might be, like, some internalized racism because she's biracial. A hundred percent. Okay. Also, so horrifying for them to even have, like, oh, this is, like, my ideal victim. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I think it's those things where it's internalized issues rather than something that they honestly are against or people who are actually causing any harm to others. Mm -hmm. Because Gamble was a white male. I'm guessing that at some point in his life there was a Christian-looking woman yeah, who disagreed with his beliefs. Yeah. She claimed that she had a lot of people who made fun of her at school and bullied her, which is part of why she kind of claimed this dysgenic-looking thing as ideal victim. Weird. Just gross. It is. It's such a strange concept, and it just sounds like such intense mental health issues. Yeah. And I mean, looking back at any other mass shooting or planned mass shooting, the ultimate issue is, is a lot of it is mental health. Yeah. And like abusive environments and things. Yes. You know, like it's like a perfect storm kind of energy. Mm. Obviously, it's something that me and you and hopefully all of our listeners do not understand whatsoever. No. And, like, mental health treatment is a thing. It is such an important piece of, like, your health. And seeking out mental health things and needing help with mental health is totally okay. And so normal. It just sounds like undiagnosed and untreated, like, really severe mental health Mm -hmm. issues. And I think that that's, like, that was a big part of our previous culture, too, where, like, people were really, like, suppressing mental health concerns because there was a lot of stigma with it. Um, And I think it's just so important to, like, do everything to take care of yourself, like, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know? Like, I think that is normal and should be normalized. And I think that them with this plot, it just is re-stigmatizing it in mm-hmm. ways. Because 
they're relating it to that, you know? Yeah, and it just feels, like, so obvious when someone's like, oh, yeah, my ideal victim is someone like me. You know, like, that Mm -hmm. just, like, reeks of some internalized issues. So, yeah, yeah, that's a side note, but it is just, like, because of the Tumblr, it seems like you get more of a peek into their, like, mental state beforehand. And it's, like, really horrifying but also kind of fascinating to understand where they were coming from and what influenced their actions and that's one thing that with this story it's extremely tragic they would even plot this but ultimately the fact that it didn't get carried through with Mm -hmm. makes it where telling the story doesn't feel as intense Mm -hmm. and also we have all of their messages all of their posts everything back and forth between them and also one of the people who is still alive Mm -hmm. that can comment on why they're making these decisions which is just really interesting to see it from this side because you don't always get that yeah and also it stopped before any tragedy did happen and so listening to someone tell their reasonings after committing a mass murder is much more disturbing than now Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then talking about like why they thought about doing something and didn't follow through. Yeah. It takes us like a layer away mm-hmm. or at least feels like it in a way. Yeah. So their plan was to go to the shopping center, the Halifax shopping center on February 14th, 2015. And they were going to begin at the food court. Their plan was to inflict as many casualties as they could And they also felt like doing this on Valentine's Day added another layer to the true crime. Gross. Disgusting. They even had an auto-post on Tumblr that was going to auto-post the next day, so the 15th, stating, Perhaps you have already heard the news of the mass shooting in Halifax. That is such a weird thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Like that you're going to submit an automated post for the next day after to talk about the thing you did? Yeah, after they had planned to kill themselves. Yeah. In this plan, neither of them were going to be alive when this posted. Yeah, this is like the ultimate level of premeditation. So since the pair was super active on social media, reposting each other's posts, it was clear they were planning something. And the pair... Gamble and Savonarath were the two, like, main perpetrators in this. Shepard, on the other hand, was just kind of an accomplice. He was there to help out, but wasn't going to partake in any of the actual plot. So they were super active, reposting things, posting that stuff, like, on February 14th, Valentine's Day is when it's going to go down. So before any of this was able to take place... There was an anonymous tip given on February 12, 2015 to the Crime Stoppers, and this was given to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Halifax. So, tip went to the Crime Stoppers originally, and then they took it to the police. The tip was that there were going to be three people planning to commit a mass shooting at the Halifax Shopping Center, and police took this tip very seriously. That's good. And it's also good that someone, like, see something, say something. Yeah, do we know who the tip was from? Will we find that out later? No, it was anonymous. That's so interesting. I wonder if it was one of the three or, like, someone who was watching their tumblers. It just shows that saying something 
and giving the tip, whether it's anonymous or not, can actually stop something like this happening. Yeah, it can make an impact. Luckily, these three were not the smartest. I love when stupidity is a pro instead of a con. And this is one of the things that really intrigued me when I heard the morbid episode about this. Um, because the day before the planned attack, Savannah Rath snuck out of her parents' house and flew to Halifax. Mm-hmm. What do you think she brought with her? I mean, she would want to bring a gun or something, but she can't bring it on a flight. No. And they're planning to use ones that they stole from, from Gamble's his parents, parents. Right? Okay. Because I was like, this is what I would think you would bring. Oh, I have no idea what she brought with her. Nothing. Nothing. She boarded a plane with a one-way ticket to Halifax with no luggage. Nothing. That's kind of creepy. Obviously, you go through customs and they ask you, what is your reasoning for coming here? Yeah. What did she say? She didn't have anything to tell them. Weird. So... The border security officials immediately flagged this as suspicious. Okay, good. I didn't even think about how suspicious it would be for her to fly without anything. And especially coming to a different country with a one-way ticket. Mm-hmm. If you had, like, a... Like a visa? Well, a return flight. Yeah. Where it's, like, your return flight is later that day. Like, you're just there for a business meeting or something. Okay, bringing nothing is fine. Mm-hmm. But she had no return flight. She had no real reason for why she was there. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, they questioned her, and especially after getting that tip and her flying into Halifax Airport. So, they did check the few belongings that she brought with her. She brought some books that she said the officials didn't like. I'm not sure what the books were. But they were surely something like Violet. Yeah. And a hat with a swastika on it. So immediately she was arrested. Yeah. And because of the tip that they had received, what she brought and the suspicion of this. And so they're like, hey, if someone's planning a shooting at the Halifax Mall, maybe it's this person with a swastika hat and Mm -hmm. no luggage and no return flight. Mm -hmm. Lindsay didn't know this, but while she was traveling to Halifax, her boyfriend, James Gamble, his house was surrounded by police. And when they called into the home to ask him to come out, they heard a single gunshot. Mm -hmm. And Gamble had killed himself with a single self-inflicted gunshot. Do we know how the police decided to, like, go to his house? How was he chosen as a suspect? So they got the tip of these three people. And then I'm not sure if the tip included any other information. Mm -hmm. Like Any of the Tumblr posts or anything. But I'm guessing based on what they were posting online and stuff, Mm -hmm. that he was a suspect. Okay, so yeah, like between the tip and all the online content that he had an investigation. Okay, that makes sense. So this all happens before she even lands? Yes, yes. So she's in the air when that happens. That's crazy. And lands, and they're like, um, they're related on Tumblr. They're posting each other's posts. Mm -hmm. Obviously very terrible negative things arrives with a one-way ticket and no luggage so i'm assuming that this is related Mm -hmm. yeah really suspicious so she's arrested shepherd who was gamble's best friend had agreed to assist the two prepare but was not planning on actually taking place with anything in the massacre but he did go to pick up Lindsay from the airport 
And while he was there, he was arrested. Oh, because he was going to pick her up, which Mm -hmm. looks bad, too. Yes. Oh, okay. So he was arrested. According to him, he planned to not help out with anything other than just, like, getting them prepared. Mm -hmm. I think he was planning to drop them off. But then after that, he was not going to go into the mall and participate at all. Obviously, he is still associated with this crime a lot, knowing what was happening, not saying anything, assisting them. So he's still in the wrong, but he was not going to partake in the actual massacre. Yeah, that is a really strange position to take, to be like adjacent, but not stopping. I haven't heard of that type of relationship in this kind of an event before. Yeah. Not stopping, but also to not participate. Yeah. Like, you're not in it enough to actually want to do it, but you don't care enough to stop them. The whole situation is really strange. But luckily, they're dumb enough to post their ideology on social media, which ended up with that tip going in. Mm -hmm. And the Border Patrol agents were able to see from their lack of luggage and little belongings that she brought that she was not planning on returning to the U.S., but instead plotting something. I think everyone should take notes from them in that if you're planning on committing a crime, please post about it online beforehand. Mm -hmm. Just, like, let everyone know what you're thinking of doing. When you're asked what is your purpose for being here, give them nothing. Or say the truth. Or just tell them that you're there to try and be involved in a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. How dumb they are is not lost on me whatsoever okay but i love it like i want that from criminals like that's so great if you can intervene before something happens which is why it's important to say something if you see something like that mm-hmm. on february 19th 2015 Sarvana rath and shepherd were charged with conspiracy to commit murder conspiracy to commit arson illegal possession of weapons dangerous purpose against the public and making threats over social media On November 22nd, 2016, Shepard, who had been described as the, quote, cheerleader of the pair, pled guilty to the charge of conspiracy to commit murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Since he had been held that entire time prior to the sentencing, he ultimately only had 974 days after counting time served. Wow. Sirvana Rath, on the other hand, had originally planned to go to trial in May of 2017, for the charges of conspiracy to commit murder and conspiracy to commit arson. But in April of 2017, she pled guilty after finding out that all of her conversations with Gamble were going to be used as evidence. Yeah. Duh. I Yeah, clearly. Clearly that's where this is headed. The only reason that I would have wanted her to go to trial is just to hear her idiotic description of why they were going to do this how she thought she was going to get away with it but she wouldn't have any chance of being found innocent after the court read her conversations with gamble yeah none at all so Sarvana rath was sentenced to life in prison which in canada you can apply for parole after 10 years which means she would be eligible for parole in february of 2025 but With this, you have to show rehabilitation and remorse for your actions. And luckily, parole is not guaranteed, and she could spend her life in prison if she doesn't show signs of rehabilitation. If she is released, she'll most likely be deported back to the U.S. immediately Mm -hmm. and serve her parole there. Yeah. 
So like I said earlier, Svanarath did an interview with Jordan Bonaparte from the Nighttime podcast, which was released as a seven-part series. Jordan was quoted as saying, That's the hardest part, finding the balance between allowing her to tell her story and describing her ideological views. So he doesn't want her to get any satisfaction out of telling her as we can all say, messed up views. Yeah. And also kind of describing the story of what happened. That's such an interesting concept that they actually got an interview with her. I thought it was going to be with Shepard to get, like, different perspective. But that's, like, right from the source. Wild. Luckily, in the interview, she doesn't seem to have any regrets or remorse for planning this attack, which makes it seem like she might not really be released anytime soon. Yeah, she's going to be in prison for a long time. In her interview, she's quoted as saying, A public massacre is very much an attack on the public itself. Everything else is secondary. It's about a sort of attack on the common people, not an open attack on one's enemies. It's on people who just sort of blindly support them, people who are complacent. What the hell? So clearly from those comments, she doesn't seem to have any remorse for plotting to commit this mass murder. And hopefully this lack of remorse keeps her from being released, ever. Mm-hmm. This plot and tragedy was able to actually give an insight to the investigators on the thought process and planning of these events, and also kind of how you can monitor seeing on their social media and things like that, because they were very public. Luckily, they were super public with this, and a tip came in and they were able to be stopped. If you want to listen to more on this, you can listen to Jordan's podcast, The Nighttime Podcast, if you want to hear the full interviews. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting how this probably has played a role in the regulation of types of conversations that can happen online and like where those can happen, how they're monitored, how those people are monitored, that kind of stuff, because it was such a big part of how they were stopped. Yeah, and um, Tumblr specifically being able to use those tags to just search other things related Mm -hmm. and see what other people are reposting it, I think kind of lends itself towards being able to use as that investigative source. Mm -hmm. But also hopefully things are monitored more so that then things can be stopped. Yeah. I'm going to shout out my sources real quick. (laughs) So obviously Wikipedia, I had an article from CBC News one from Saltwire, Nova Scotia, one from CP24, which is a news source, as well as an article from Vice, and some information from the Nighttime podcast. They had, like, little blurbs about each episode. Oh, yeah. So. That was so interesting. I, you know, it's probably the least romantic Valentine's Day theme I've ever heard, and I would expect nothing less from the type of content that we cover. But it's a really interesting case, especially in the sense that it is like the lack of an attack is kind of Mm -hmm. the whole situation. Well, to me, it's really intriguing because I almost feel like it's something that you would see in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like the person walking through security at the airport going through customs and they're like what are you here for and then it's just like oh what am i here for why don't you have luggage 
why don't I have luggage? You know, like the complete and utter lack of preparedness when they're making this overwhelming decision that would affect so many other people, but they can't even prepare on like what to say at the airport. Yeah. And I think it also seems like a movie that her like partner was captured and all of that went down when she was on the plane like it's such a crazy Mm -hmm. situation that she couldn't find out what actually happened because she was in the air while it was going on which is just such a wild situation it's also extremely disturbing that they romanticize the whole situation Mm kind of like almost like a bonnie and clyde scenario Mm -hmm. they love each other so much and they'll go out loving each other no matter what it affects anyone around them which is disgusting it's gross but i think the like best part of the story is that it highlights the power of a tip like Mm -hmm. that there is something you can do which is like such a hopeful thing when there's all this stuff that happens that's so negative in our world like the idea that if you see or hear something you can say something and that can make an impact and matter is such a powerful thing see something say something Mm -hmm. yeah well and with the media there are plenty of cases where people post suspicious things online before Mm -hmm. they take action And if people can just, like, highlight that and tell people when there's something strange happening, then that can, like, make such a big impact. And even with that, say you make a tip and it doesn't seem like it goes anywhere, this situation is different because it seems like one tip led to the stopping of this. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, it seems like they need multiple. So don't stop if you see something that's suspicious. Yeah. So this is obviously a really terrible story. Luckily, only one person ended up dying in it. Mm-hmm. But to end on a happy or, or like more positive note, Jenna, what percent of pet owners do you think give Valentine's Day gifts to their pets? You are my favorite person. I, I think love- if we end on a fun fact about Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. It's going to be way too low because I don't do it, but I should. You should. I should. I'm actively going to go and buy her something now. Like I give her Christmas presents and birthday presents, but not Valentine's Day just yet, even though she's my soulmate. What am I thinking? <laughs> no wonder she hates me sometimes. Um, uh, I'm going to go with like 23%. I feel You're like You're so it's close. Low. It's 20%. Oh, no way. Okay. Do I get a prize? Do I get chocolate now? My unending love. Oh, good. Okay. I like that. I'll take that. Okay. That was a fun ending. Um, let's see if there's anything else fun. Every year, thousands of people send letters to Romeo and Juliet. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cute. okay the gas this one's another one uh who do you think is the number one recipient of valentine's day cards there's 145 million given out every year but there's one person who gets the most or one category of people oh a category of people who get the most kindergartners teachers oh no way isn't that fun? Okay, that's cute. I like that. I was kind of close. I'm doing better with these than I expected. 
Okay, wow, this makes me excited. I really want to go and get like little kid Valentines to give out at work. Okay, I was just thinking that. That would be fun. Okay, I really think I'm going to do it. It also lends towards our like logo and stuff, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah! This is the wild and weird holiday. Yeah, and our logo is made by Jenna. She's so talented. I mean, I just used a graphic design program, but I love that you give me credit for it. I will take it. Okay, well, Audrey, good job. That was... Thanks. Uh, an intense case, but you also did find a positive ending. Yeah. So excellent work. And it didn't end in a mass shooting, so yes. we can say that that was a positive. Yes. Dual positives. Thank you all for listening. If you see something, say something. And stay wild, stay weird. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.